What's up, everybody, and welcome to the show. This week, we have a returning guest from episode six, except this time he's here to tell you all about uh, leadership lessons that he's learned throughout his Air Force career, which apply not only to the military, but also to the civilian side. So you want to pay close attention. He calls these stories this guy or that guy's stories. Uh, everybody, welcome back. Matt Williams. All right. Oh, that's my homework yeah, for this week. We're good. Nice. It's okay. I couldn't read it. It was in a different language. <laughs> so you already want, know. If you want, I could proofread your dissertation for you. I've done it before on I'll somebody's. Send it to you. Once I write it. I had this. <laughs> <laughs> I had this civilian that had a, like a. She was doing like a pretend dis- doctorate from like Walden or something. Oh, and yeah. uh, So it's not even real. <laughs> it's, uh, Walden's one of those paper mills. And like. It was in, like, educational leadership or something. I read it. I don't know what the fucking thing said, but I read it, and I proofread it for her. I was like, here you go. Like, I don't know how this works because there's this weird – it's structured really weird. Dissertations in general are structured weird. Like, why do I have to write chapters? Why can't I just write a really long paper? Yeah. Fuck school. (laughs) (laughs) You're about to start back. That's why I like her better. I I don't want to. Most yeah. people do anyway. Yeah. I'm not a smart man. I'm a simple dude. Forgot who. Oh, when we were out here building the pergola, Aaron was like, man, he just doesn't get upset about anything, huh? I was like, no, I would already flip the shit over him and know what it is. All right. Like always, we're already recording. <laughs> Thanks. So all that shit was caught. <laughs> Fuck school. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Thanks. school, all Did of you it. Just like edit it out or what? Fuck no, it's all going in there, <laughs> man. Thanks, guy. Appreciate it. No. I was waiting for you to do your introduction. I will edit it out. Yeah, yeah. Once we get the flow going, <laughs> then I'll throw the introduction in there. Are you all ready? Sure. Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Do you already know what we're going to talk about? I know what I'm going to talk about it, unless okay. you're going to surprise well, me. With I'm just going to laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I might throw a question in here and there, yeah. but. Okay. So after this one, we could just talk about whatever the fuck you want. I just uh, this is all that came out of my brain. Like, let's talk about this. These are my stories, my that guy stories. (laughs) Don't be that guy. It's gonna be awesome. All right, I hope so. Uh, (coughs) So welcome everybody to the Tell Me Something podcast. I'm your host, Cruz Villanueva. Like that that one? Yeah, that's that's how it's properly said. Oh, anyway, we have our other host, Holly Villanueva. And then returning again, because we couldn't get enough of him last time. <laughs> He's back for round two, Matt Williams. Hello. What's up, man? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking for like the past three hours. <laughs> so, um, Not suitable for radio television. Yeah. So. We'll try to make it work, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So excited, as always, to yes. have you back. Yes. The last time was, uh, it was fucking hilarious, man. Good, good. I haven't like, re-listened to it. Yeah. I have. And it was a treat. <laughs> now that you're sure. sober, you listen to it, so that's good. Yeah, I, I was sober last time, too. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't be putting my business out there. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to have to edit that out, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man. So, what's good? Okay. So, last time we were talking about uh, how I came to be this way and – talked about honor guard and my family and all that other stuff and so today i'm going to talk about 
what I call that guy stories to my students. It's a ways to not be a leader. Uh, don't be that guy is yeah. what I teach them. If and we didn't make this clear last time, we're all instructors at uh, one of the Air Force schoolhouses. Uh, this one in particular, we teach uh, commissioned officers. Yes, so. which is fun. Yeah. Um, is it? I, th I feel like I need to have a disclaimer that these are my personal views and not the views of the United States Air Force, yeah. uh, <laughs> just in case I say anything. So Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I've been in the Air Force for almost 16 years, and I have had lots of, unfortunately, lots of bad experiences with leaders, both enlisted and officer. And I like to tell little snippet stories of leadership lessons to my students to help them because – um, it's really easy for officers to screw over people's careers. Yeah. And unfortunately, most of the time they do it, they do it without knowing the impact that they have. Uh, and they do it through ignorance or um, apathy. And most of it has not been intentional that I've seen. Nobody sets out to destroy their people's career, but by their lack of paying attention or concern for their people's careers, I've seen lots of bad things. But So before we get any further... Like, can you, so everybody else is on the same page for the people that are not in the military or not familiar with it, like the difference between officers and enlisted members, which we're enlisted. The filtered version or unfiltered version? Whichever so one you choose to go <laughs> with. <laughs> so enlisted people are the doers and officers <laughs> are the managers of the doers is the simplest way to do that. Uh -huh. So no, unless you're a pilot, no officer is expected to be the expert in the things the way that enlisted people are expected to be enlist, uh, the expert in the things. Also, there's a significant pay gap between <laughs> the doers and the managers that I believe is completely unnecessary now that was completely necessary 100 years ago when most enlisted people were morons. And uh, now the education gap is significantly closed between enlisted people and officers. More more enlisted people have degrees now than probably ever in the history of the Air Force yeah. and the military. Um, so there's really no reason to pay officers that much more when all they're doing is managing versus doing most of the work. So Yeah, so one of the requirements for <coughs> becoming an officer is – you, you have the, to have the a minimum degree. is a degree. Yeah, a college degree, any college degree, and um, you know, depending on their job, you know, if they're a pilot, they have to do a lot more training. But yeah, finance officers, intel officers, it's just whatever you got is fine. So <laughs> I got a lieutenant right now that's got a religious studies degree that's not helpful at all unless you're going to be a chaplain. So, hmm. and he's not so. But yeah, the the same qualities that I hate in bad officers, I also hate in bad senior NCOs who are high rank of the list of people that are more managers than doers. But they, after 10 or more years of doing, are subject matter experts still versus officers who generally are not based on their job requirements. So Yeah. Yeah. So some of these are senior TO ones, some of these are officer ones. They both have about the same amount of possibility of screwing your career over yeah so, so would you say that really your career has been <laughs> screwed over <laughs> i don't think so um because you're still in right so yeah i'm still in uh, i'm still doing okay i could retire now after 20 like i thought i was just gonna retire i mean i'm gonna retire at 20 but 
if I wanted to be lazy and just be a tech sergeant forever, I can do that until 22 now, 24. They just changed it. Yeah. Cause they uh, think tw- that 22, I think. Yeah. Because they think at. that 20-year staff sergeants are a good idea. So that's not a good idea. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a different subject. Different subject. Different yeah. Thing. So, you ready? I'm ready. That guy's stories? Okay. I, I hope uh, the audience is ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to – I have a list, but I'm going to go in like – try to go in like uh, chronological order here. So, the first time I learned the hard way uh, about bad leadership and how much they could screw you over. Um, not – the lesson of this story is not taking responsibility for things that you told your airmen that your airmen misinterpreted because – they're dumb okay so long story short so i i played the mommy daddy game which you know you guys know like if mommy says no you ask daddy right so one nco told us to do something that we didn't want to do and wasn't necessarily part of our job so we called our boss who was the same rank as this person and he told us basically do what you normally he said his words were do what you normally do and don't be late which we interpreted as he's got our back. Fuck that guy, right? <laughs> so um, so we deliberately disobeyed what the other guy told us to do uh, blatantly in, in his face, which is not ever a good idea But because um, we thought our boss had our back. And so we were doing this in the midst of a um, – we I was in the honor guard, and we were doing a, a couple of funerals and ceremonies. So after the ceremony's over – uh, the, the NCO comes and yells at us and explains how big of idiots we are. The senior NCO that was on the job and the lieutenant that was on the job all come and explain to us, like, when you are told to do something, you must do it. And we're like, yeah, this is starting to sound like a bad idea that we did. <laughs> so on the w- he's like, okay, you guys are in trouble. When we get back, you need to be in my office, you know, report right away. We're like, okay, crap. So we call our boss on the way back because they all share the flight chief office, like the boss man office. And uh, we call him and we're like, hey, this is what's happening. He's going to he's going to yell at us. He's threatening us with paperwork, disciplinary things. And uh, our boss is like, well, you guys should have listened to what he said. Like, but you told us do what you normally do and don't be late. Like you said we didn't have to listen to this guy. And. He completely changed his uh, his answer. So we get up there, and I go first because I was I was in charge of this color team. So my guys are out there waiting, hoping. I guess they're hoping we tell different stories so they can catch us lying about what happened. But um, we get up there, and there are three flight chiefs, all senior NCOs, yelling at us for disobeying a direct order from NCO, which is like not a thing. Basic military, <laughs> like. Do not do that ever, yeah. right? Um, and all the while, my boss, who is also a flight chief, sitting in the back corner, not saying a word, not saying a word like, um, this is what I told him. This is why he might have, like, misinterpreted it. Nothing. He says nothing. Um, so I'm just sitting there like, word. All right. I got you. Um, and learning that lesson the hard way, like, n- at no point in the investigation, in the, like, argument, in the discussion, did he ever – say to anyone th- that he gave us directions of any sort and so i made it my business for the next five years that i was in the honor guard 
to uh, describe to everyone who got there the kind of person that this now master sergeant was like let me tell you a story about this guy and how he doesn't take care of his people um the good news is the Air Force normally catches those kind of guys, and they caught him, and they played the hide the master sergeant game, which is what they do when you can't be trusted to do anything good or responsible with your life, and they put you in a corner and give you, like, a special project to do that keep you out of everybody's hair. Shred papers. Shred papers. <laughs> yes. They put them in charge of some kind of weird project that nobody cared about, and they're like, yeah, just go sit over there, bro, and uh, – not be in charge of people. So for those of you that aren't in the military, to have all of your people taken away from you uh, as a senior leader is a bad thing because it's your job to lead people. Yeah. So if you can't be trusted to lead people, why are you even here? Um, so that was the first time I learned that a lesson the hard way about leadership. Uh, the second time, we had this guy um, – we had honor guard tech school is only eight weeks long, and all we learn how to do is march and do arm drill and iron the shit out of our uniforms. Um, <laughs> you guys don't get like personal dry cleaners. No, no. So we how didn't do you do your like time for that. your shiny silver pants? Uh, so what I did, so uh, I washed them because I had to because it was hot and we got all sweaty. But I started using dry ale, uh, which is like a home oh, dry ale thing. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. For when it gets really bad and sweaty, <laughs> which is a lot. Cause so I always got in this debate with my friends, like, is it better to do a funeral in the middle of the summer or a funeral in the middle of the winter? And I always go with middle of the winter because you can add 18 layers of shit to make yourself feel better when it's cold outside. But in the middle of summer, you still got to wear the minimum required layers, and it's fucking hot all the time, and it's sweaty, and you can't like go out there in your underwear and make yourself feel better when you're doing a ceremony. So like always heat warm, hand warmers, feet warmers, like fuck that man. I can thermal underwear. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the heat. I would rather be cold than. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that anyway. Yeah. So our tech school is eight weeks long and every once in a while people fail, uh, which is normal for, and you have to do it all over again. But because there's no written tests, like you're doing the same thing over and over again. So we had this guy, I'm gonna, hold on just real quick. So tech school is like our training to learn how to do your job. Right. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> Jargon. All right. Come on, man. So I'm learning. Um, <laughs> so this guy, we had this guy. He was a senior airman. So he'd been in for at least three or four years coming from a different job. And he failed our tech school three times. Okay. So 24 weeks of learning the same thing over and over again. He still couldn't get the minimum passing score, which sounds physically impossible when you think about it. So all of the course leadership wanted to get rid of him because he's clearly an idiot and sucks at this thing. that The one thing you do, he cannot do that. So they all wanted to fail him. But the next level leadership, the group commander, um, that airman's wife was his secretary. Um, she was also an airman, but she was his exec and his secretary. So he stepped in and said, you will, uh, well, (laughs) it's the civilian word for executive assistant. It's the secretary. So, um, he stepped in and said, you will pass this person, uh, regardless of what he did, uh, what his score was, which was a huge blow to all the technical instructors because clearly this guy is a moron and he didn't, he can't do that. And now you're wanting us to force him to do this every day for the next four years. Um, 
and he's bad at it. So what kind of example is he going to set for everybody else? So the, the they tried to the leadership tried to keep it a secret. The instructors told every single person they could tell to like <laughs> know like hey this guy is this, and so that was a huge um, like this is the kind of thing the Air Force does. If like the right answer is you should fail this person, but you know he's got friends in high places, then pass him anyway, right? It's not what you know, it's who you know. That's man. right, which is stupid. stupid. <laughs> you need to get some better friends. Hey, I know all the people, <laughs> they just don't like me. Oh, okay? shit, yes. So um, then let me talk about, uh, okay, so I had this captain that was uh, full of himself and thought he was more important than he was. And so um, one day, we just did a change of command ceremony, uh, which is like the symbolic handing off of your command to the new guy for, I think it was the chief of staff of the Air Force, so the top general in the Air Force. No biggie. No big deal. And we're doing a hot wash, which is just like afterward, you, you're talking about what you did right, what you did wrong, that kind of thing. And this captain's leading it. And Chief McKinley comes walking up. Chief McKinley's the chief master of the Air Force at the time, uh, who's the number one enlisted person in the whole Air Force which is a big deal. And he doesn't normally just like walk around and talk to people <laughs> like this is a, a celebrity air force celebrity. Yeah. So because he's the chief master of the air force, he just walks into our hot wash because he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Cause he's chief master of the air force. So <laughs> he just walks into our hot wash. He's like, Hey guys, I want to tell you, you know, that you guys did a good job. And the captain, captain Walker's like, hold on a second, chief. And he finishes talking. <laughs> <laughs> he finishes talking. And then he's like, okay, go ahead, Chief. He's like, first of all, Captain, like, <laughs> so my eyes about bugged out of my skull. My jaw fell on the floor. I was like, you did not just cut off the Chief Master on the Air Force. You were a fucking captain. Like, uh, f- like for everybody out there, like, obviously the captain is higher ranking, but the positional of authority of being the number one enlisted person in the whole fucking planet, like, completely trumps Completely that. trumps you as a generic four years in the Air Force captain. And Chief did the same thing? And he was polite enough not to say anything in front of everyone. Ah. I do not know if this captain got the ass chewing of his career later. Um, but he would have been I've been, l- I've been lucky to see that <laughs> on the Army side. Yeah. So same rank, captain. Uh, and he was just out of uniform in this crazy place that we were at, uh, deployed. Uh, but a uh, general and a sergeant major came through. And... Uh, the general said something about that captain being out of uniform, and the sergeant major pulled him aside and just started reaming his ass, <laughs> like nice. just yeah. And it was like your typical sergeant major. What do you expect to see, right? Some some short, fucking buff, just bald guy and veins popping out of his forehead. And right. He was just yelling at this dude, and the captain was just like shrinking little by little. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is the best scene I've ever seen in my life. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And for those of you not in the military, I mean, we we don't get to see people who deserve it get what's coming to them very often so when you do it's awesome so mm-hmm. that uh yeah so that's just it was such a big faux pas so i i tried to explain to my students like okay and it happened again so um the base command chief who's basically the number one enlisted person on the base came to talk to our students who are officers so they can mentor them and so i went and a couple of my friends went and he was talking about you know career things who he is why he cares that kind of stuff 
And generally speaking, when somebody higher ranking than you is talking to you, you stand up to talk to them unless they say you can sit down. So uh, I asked them a question first. So I stand up, ask them a question about something. Captain sitting next to me sits down while he's asking the chief a question. Uh, and then every other officer in the room follows the captain's example and just sits down when they're talking to the command chief. It's like, so I took this opportunity to explain to my students, I'm like, look, you are higher ranking than a chief. It's an unfortunate reality about <laughs> the Air Force is that yeah. somebody who's been there for 30 years and is in charge of the whole base is lower ranking than you who've been in for three whole minutes and <laughs> you're not qualified to do anything. So It's just a technicality. It's a, it's a positional authority versus a rank authority. You may have rank authority, but that man has positional authority that he has earned over 20-something years and – that wing commander picked that person to be his number two guy. So he's the number two guy on the whole entire base. You are nowhere near the top ten of the whole entire base. So you stand up when that man talks to you. Um, and most of them understand that. Like, yeah, of course, yeah. It's like, yeah, but that guy didn't. And then he set an example for all the other officers in the room. They're no. like, hey, fuck that guy, right? So don't do that. Um, I have another – I have a – uh, another story about the honor guard, and I think, I think it's my last one. Yeah, about the honor guard. So <laughs> <laughs> then we move into, into and then we move into regular real life, right? So um, there is a Air Force honor guard drill team, and the drill team does they uh, they do a sixteen man drill team and a four man drill team. And the drill team, you know, they spin the rifles and they they use an M1 Garand, which is like 12 pounds and a 12-inch long bayonet at the end that's actually sharpened. And are, so are these are these dudes with the that pop up on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys it's haven't awesome. seen them, go yeah, and Google it. Yeah. The best one is the drill team and John Cena. Oh, I haven't seen that one. They did a WrestleMania. And they had like a cordon of like uh, what's called the gauntlet. Yeah. So the gauntlet is where you have two rows of drill team dudes facing each other, spinning their rifles to where it looks like a meat grinder. And their boss will walk through it while it's, the swords are going and not get his face chopped off. So, and that's a feat of amazing <laughs> discipline. Oh, my gosh. Uh, one, that he doesn't run through it for like <laughs> run for your life. But two, that they don't hit him when he does that. So right at the end of that, the NCOIC, the boss walks out, turns left, and John Cena runs through the gauntlet and is like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like his, what is it? Dun, 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 dun. Um, and that was like the coolest thing I saw seen in a long time. Anyway, so they had the four man, which is a box. So they have four dudes facing in, in very very close proximity to each other, and they're drilling around their boss, and. This one is a life lesson more than a like story, but um, and it's an analogy. So hey, yeah. So uh, they either have their senior NCO or their officer in the box, and they're drilling around him, and it's an incredibly dangerous thing, and it's incredibly nerve wracking just to watch. Yeah. I've never been in the box because I don't trust anybody like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, so I I asked. So it's really awesome, and look that up as well if you have the time. So I asked the master sergeant who was in charge, and he used to—he was uh, a military policeman, security forces. He's a raven, which are like the the 
best of the best of the cops because and they guard things like Air Force One and those kind of things on deployments and things like that. They protect the airplanes. And so he's a pretty badass guy. Yeah. They they fly with him and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. This is also the guy that put the whole honor guard on their face, which is the most amount of authority I've ever seen a master sergeant flex at one time. Like, like he was mad at your face to start he was pushing. mad at something and he put the whole honor guard on their face. Like holy I, shit. Like in front of everybody or that means make them do push ups. He put yeah, every single person. Like, like in front of in front of like a crowd or No, it was just he was just work? mad, he just ran in and like everybody on your face. Nice. Like damn. So <laughs> anyway, so I was like, Hey, uh how do you know you know, how can you get in that box and you know, know that they're not gonna fuck you up like when you're in there, like <laughs> Because those are four 12-inch blades, like, millimeters away from slicing your face off. It's like, well, let me tell you something. Uh, those four guys are the best in the whole Air Force at what they're doing. And that's why they're in that box. And they're really good, and they drill all the time. And you know what? If they wanted to cut me, they would cut me. And there's nothing I could do about it. I'm like, but <laughs> I've never been cut. I'm like, all right cool he's like but that lt over there he gets cut all the time <laughs> <laughs> so i i started using this as an analogy for my for my children oh, right, for shit. my students and i'm like look there's gonna there's gonna be a moment or several moments in your career where you're gonna be standing in that box and your airmen your airmen have your life in their hands and if you are a good boss they won't cut you if you are a bad boss, they're going to cut you, and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. Uh, because how are you going to know they did it on purpose? Like, they're spinning the rifles, and, like, I don't know, maybe you twitched, and you moved, and they fucking sliced you open. And that's what you get, okay? If you reap what you sow, right? So if you are taking care of your people, your people are going to take care of you. If you're not taking care of your people, your people are not going to take care of you. And – you know, this is where we get in discussion like the E4 mafia. You know, the, if <laughs> you're if your airmen, E4 mafia. yeah, if your airmen are not being taken care of, they're not going to take you care of you, and you you're gonna there's not a damn thing you can do about it. So you need to make sure you're paying attention to them. So, so I like telling that story because yeah. one, it's very visual, but like, like you're gonna be in that box, man, and you better hope that you better you're gonna be in there thinking like, have I been doing a good job? Because these guys are gonna cut me. <laughs> And the easiest way to do that, man, at, at least in my eyes, like, all you got to do is care. The bar is so low. Just, just give a just shit. Just care. Just you know? give a shit, man. I was, uh, I was thinking about that. One of the reasons I'm so bitter, uh, I didn't really realize it until Chief Wright came to visit. Yeah. And it's everybody, everybody, even civilians know who he is, enlisted Jesus, right? He came to visit, and he had 45 minutes to talk. 45 minutes to answer questions and like half an hour to take selfies because everybody wants selfie with him. Hell yeah. And so he talked, he said what he wanted to say for 10 minutes. And then he said the rest of the time he had, you know, it was basically like an hour for questions that he just wanted to hear what we had to say, what we cared about. Yeah. And, you know, as usual, half the airmen answer stupid questions, but like that they were probably given beforehand. Yeah. Hey, can we have beards? Uh, <laughs> can it's like, we, no, you can't uh, have wear beards. white socks and uniforms? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on, shit. man. Uh, it's Chief Master of the Air Force here. I was thinking uh, stage questions from their supervisors no, no, no. here. No, some of them did, but a lot of them were just like, uh, can we have beards? It's like, no, we're not having fucking beards. Get out. Next question. <laughs> but he cared. And then uh, he had his little 
gopher tech sergeant that was like keeping time for him. Yeah. Stand up and like give him the high sign. And he was like, uh oh, when that man stands up, it means it's time to go. But we're going to, we're not done yet. So we're going to keep time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to live. Like, all right. And then he stayed an extra like hour making sure every single person in that audience got a selfie with him because they knew everybody wants a selfie, right? Yeah. And, I've never had, and I've known, we've met, like I told you, I already met Chief McKinley a bunch of times, but I've known several Chief Masters in the Air Force. None of them gave a shit as much as he does. And especially his predecessor, who I'm not going to name, but. Um, well, well, obviously. <laughs> just look it up. Yeah. So, <laughs> who was his predecessor? Uh, oh. So that guy came to our base and told us, basically, life sucks, and if you don't like it, get out which is not what you want to hear from your senior leadership. And I didn't realize that was one of the reasons why I was so pissed off at the world because, like, nobody cares, right? Mm -hmm. Chief Wright came and spent an hour and a half listening to what we had to say. Chief Cody came for an hour and told us, like, hey, sequestration, we're taking all the cool shit, and we're kicking half of you out, and if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. And we're like, (laughs) okay, well, thanks, bro. The end. And he didn't stop for quite like he's like, You got any questions? So like, nah man, we're like I think we got it. Like I think we're good. Hell no, I got like, like, I'm not asking you a question after that. Like oh man. But so, Chief, right? Like even if he doesn't care, he pretends well. Yeah, he does. He's like, I'm gonna pretend to care what you're talking about, even though like he does. You don't I don't give a shit that you want a beard, but I'm gonna listen to you tell me how I'm you gonna think pretend like have I haven't heard that question eight hundred times and I'm gonna give you the the 10 seconds of fame or whatever. I, uh, I know that question has been posed multiple times like, on yeah. his uh, Facebook page and whatnot, which is crazy. Like, he actually goes back and answers all his questions has, on Facebook. And he has his own, like, he lets people be his friends on Facebook yeah. like, for his own account. Yeah. Uh, but, ridiculous. yeah, that question has been asked, and he gives a legit answer and, like, legit oh, yeah. reasoning why. I can't remember exactly why cause I, because I want a beard. But. It's because right now <laughs> – if you have a shaving waiver, you can grow a certain type of beard. You can grow it to a certain length. Yeah. And nobody enforces that. So you have airmen just walking around like. Oh, I enforce it. Full. Go- I know you enforce it. Oh. Like, <laughs> when I say nobody, I mean most people. People like not like you and I who have standards. Um, so. I, so the problem with that, and this is my take on it, like if that person does not work in your section or right. area where, yeah, your work area, they're. If you're the only one that cares, it's not going to get enforced. Right. So you can go and say, hey, you're out of regs. You need to fix that shit. And next time I see you, you better be fixed. Right. But then if you only see that person once in a blue moon and their boss and nobody around them or nobody higher ranking around them is saying anything. Right. Like, but they're not going to give a shit what you say. Chief was talking about supervisors. Yeah. Like if your people are like – and he was like trimming up the sideburns and like trimming the goatee and like only having this and not having that. Like you can't do that. You ha- can grow everything and then shave it all off like once a week and then grow everything and then shave yeah. it all off like – so but if you had a beard standard, which they would have to make it like you can have this type of beard or no type of beard, um, you still wouldn't enforce that. That was the point that yeah. he made. If we can't get you to enforce this, how are we going to get you to enforce – a real beard where like people like you and I can grow a lot of hair in like a week. People, other people can't grow a full beard to, that connects all the dots <laughs> like to save their life or yeah. they got neck beard and that's all like, that's not a beard. Shave that shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> go back home to your mom and tell her to shave your neck for you. Like, 
But uh, I think I think that's across the board on everything, not just beards, because uh, and I mean, there are different breeds of people, right? Different breeds of leadership. But right. for me, like, so I was in training in San Antonio, and I was at Taco Bell on lunch, being like super classy. <laughs> and this that, kid that's was that's Mexican there. food, right? He was in <laughs> ABUs, but he had on a Coyote Brown T-shirt, which is like for a different uniform. You can't wear it in ABUs. So I tell him, and, and he's sitting match. there, and he's sitting there with a bunch of NCOs. And, of course, here I go over there because I can't just sit there and be quiet. And I was like, hey, you can't wear that shirt in ABUs. And he doesn't have his blouse on in Taco Bell, which is another thing that you can't do. So I'm like, you can't wear that shirt. It's out of regs. Like, you need the sand shirt. And he's like, well, these are all my supervisors. And I was like, well, I don't care. Like, you can't wear the shirt. <laughs> Clearly, they're morons. Yeah, and like, so he's they're like, the problem, too. And so he goes, okay. And he rolls his eyes. And I was like, okay, give me your office phone number. And the staff sergeant was like, well, like, we'll take care of it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, give me your office phone number. And then that afternoon, I called, and I was like, can I talk to your flight chief? And I was like, this kid's in Taco Bell wearing the wrong uniform without a blouse on, and your NCOs are there. And these guys. And the, st- yeah. and the master sergeant was like, okay, like, I'll take care of it. I'm sorry you had to deal with this. And I'm like, I don't care that I had to deal with it. Like, that's my job. But why is he going to, like, roll his eyes? And it's the same thing. Like, if he wears that shirt again tomorrow – that's not going to affect me at all. I'm never going to see that kid again probably right. in my whole career. But I should have made those other guys like feel bad. That's why I try <laughs> to do. shitty and see Like, if you were doing your fucking job, he wouldn't be walking around. And they probably don't give a shit. And they I, don't give a I shit. I guarantee you, as soon as you walked away, they were like, oh, fuck it. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. And he's back to wearing a Coyote Brown yeah. shirt, which is fucking irritating, right? Yeah. Like. And that's why that's why either a you become like me and Holly and that just turns you more of an asshole or b you just give up completely on correcting people <laughs> which is half the senior NCOs on this planet like well they're not going to care so why should I care like no that's the wrong answer man like you got to got to have standards i mean yeah. like where do you the thing about uniform standards is where do you draw the line because everybody disagrees on something in the mm-hmm. uniform. If I like, well, I don't agree with that. It, was like, it doesn't matter. Because this rule is as important as that rule is as important as that rule. The minimum criteria is like wear your clothes properly. And if you can't be trusted to wear your clothes properly, how are we going to trust you to turn a wrench the right way and not crash a fucking airplane or, you know, not load a live nuclear weapon on a B-52 <laughs> and fly it across the whole fucking country without anybody knowing, you know? Which, that kind of thing. which sounds extreme, but it happens. It happens. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's, right. the same, so it's gonna, attention to detail. I'm going to tell you this story that just happened to me like two nights ago. <laughs> so I got invited by someone, I don't remember who invited me, to be in this Facebook group called Voice of Military Women Past and Present. And I'm like, whatever. I'm a military person present. Like, I'll join the group. And so really what the group was was a bunch of people pretty much trying to get validation on breaking the regs, which <laughs> is everything that pisses me off. It's like so, all of Reddit. So there was this <laughs> girl, and she was put a picture of clear glasses, and she's like, does anybody wear these and get away with it? And there was a bunch of comments that were like, yeah, I wear them. Nobody's ever said anything. And I was like, that's cool. Why are you trying to validate? You know it's wrong. Like, just don't do it. So then the next night. Who's this girl? Then the next night, somebody posted this thing about fingernails, which is probably my biggest pet peeve yeah. for females in the Air Force is fingernail polish. Outside of hair. Outside <laughs> of hair, yeah. And she was like, I want these fingernails. And they were like this. They were nice. Like, cool. Like, I'm glad you like them. I like them, too. And they were, like, long. And they were coffin-shaped and ombre. And 
they were nice. I know you guys don't understand that, but for all the girl listeners, you understand it. And I was like, it's all cool. Two of them. Here's the deal. <laughs> you can't have ombre nails. You can have a solid color that matches your skin tone, or you can have French tips. And so then I get like 30 comments about like how I've had these nails and my commander like said she liked them and blah, and I'm like, okay, so what do I do? I go screenshot the AFI, which is our rules on what it can be. And it says a solid color, no two-tone shades or French tip. That's it. Like there's no gray areas. It's black and white. There are the words. And they're like, well, ombre is really a French tip. It's just blended together. And I was like, okay, the definition of ombre is two tones blended together. And the AFI says it will not be two tones. <laughs> so you can't do it. And then I got kicked out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who invited got, this girl? I got <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. uninvited to being in the female past and present on Facebook. People and don't I'm like, hear the rules. like <laughs> I'm just simply telling you what the rules say. <laughs> and you kicked me out of the group. And I was like, I laughed about it, but for a minute I was like, are we for real? Like upholding the standards. Get you kicked out of a whole Facebook group. <laughs> I laughed because what they were trying to accomplish with that group, they just went completely against by kicking her out. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, cool story. <laughs> like, I'm I'm okay with it. But that's the stuff that bothers me. It's yeah. like, like, how hard is it to just paint your nails one color? Yeah. It's not. Like, you have the weekend. And you can paint them weird on the weekends yeah. or have or your hair go weird on, on the weekend. Yeah. 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 Because our hair. Okay, so for the hair, the thing that annoys me is it's put your hair in a bun. Don't let it touch your eyebrows. Don't let it be longer than the bottom of the collar on your neck at the position of attention. But for some reason, when you make, like, chief or <laughs> lieutenant colonel or above, you have to get, like, a bob haircut. Do whatever you it's, want. Like, it's like the rules that you have to cut your hair short <laughs> that are unwritten somewhere. And it's always too long. And I'm like, it's okay, the, then the you Karen have this haircut. weird, stupid, like, little ponytail braid situation. And you look stupid. And yeah. then we have these airmen, and it's like, why is your hair maroon? Like, that's not a natural color. What are we doing here? And everyone's like, well, we can't make them go dye their hair. And yeah, I'm like, no, that's exactly what you can do because that's what the rules say. Go home and come back when your hair is a different <laughs> color. And if it's not, every day you miss is going to be, you know, charged against you and you're going to get washed back. It's almost yeah. like when you join the military, you didn't know there was going to be rules. <laughs> you <laughs> agree to follow whatever rules they set upon you. Or not, and get out. If you don't yeah. like it, get out. That's the rule of the military. It's so just yeah. That's why dressing up parents know, pisses man. me off. Because it's so easy. It's like, it's just the rules. It's like, these are the, it's like if you work at McDonald's, it's like, put the burger on the grill. Leave it there for 30 seconds. Flip it over. Leave it there for 30 seconds. And you can't be like, oh, fuck, I want to go smoke, so I'm going to only leave it there for 10 seconds. Like, that's not a thing. You have to follow the rules. Right. Yeah. And you can get fired <laughs> for not doing that right. Yeah. But and they don't take as much shit as, no. Uh, Probably the military does <laughs> when it comes to shit like that. Because I've worked at a McDonald's, and, <laughs> and if you show up in a in a tank top and shorts, you're getting fired. You're getting fired. <laughs> See you. Uh, My, but, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, it's simple standards that you have to follow, man. And people like you should uphold the standard. And when you have like a group of NCOs that was sitting around that one dumbass with the Coyote Brown not T-shirt, and they're not doing it, let there come a time when he, that dude in the brown shirt gets told to do something by one of those fuckers, he's not going to listen. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be asking the question, well, why the fuck aren't you following my direction uh, when I give you an order? Remember when that lady in Taco Bell? <laughs> but it's, it'll stem from that. Like, mm-hmm. you lost credibility, credibility whenever you let them get away with that. We had that situation. I actually had to confront 
basically that group of NCOs when I was in the honor guard. Um, we were doing a ceremony where there was four of them and me. I was on the color team. They were doing something else. And these NCOs had been letting their airmen walk all over them and treat them like crap and not upholding discipline or standards. And then we're getting in the van, and I'm the only airman. They're all NCOs, and they're complaining because the airmen don't respect them. So because of the kind of person I am, I straight up told them, like, hey, they don't respect you because you let them walk all over you. And if you let them walk all over you, they're going to continue to walk all over you and not respect anything you say. And, of course, they got pissed off because that's not true. We do. It's like, no, I straight up saw my friend yelling at one of you, and you stood there and took it and then walked away. Like, you don't let your airmen treat you like that. You punch them in the fucking face. Like, <laughs> like how dare you? Who the hell do you think you are? Did you like, risk your career over <laughs> that like, shit. Like, no. Uh, but that's <laughs> – that's what you get. Oh, man. But uh, my my two pet peeves are the ranger roll and hands in their pockets. So uh, most military people don't even know what a ranger roll is, so I'll explain it because obviously the civilians don't know. But uh, it's called a ranger roll because apparently Army Rangers did it, but they currently do not wear their hats like that, so it's not even like an Army Ranger thing. But it's rolling the top of your hat inward to create this, like, rolled down – it's a bowl on it's, the top of your yeah, head. Yeah, just basically putting a bowl on the top of your head for some reason. Looks cool as fuck. And man. it doesn't look cool, <laughs> and it's stupid. And it's you could spot it from a mile away, right? So uh, the good news is, is our AFI, the standards thing, just says specifically no ranger roll. All right? So I wish they would put don't pull your hat down to make <laughs> it look like a baseball hat you because I hate uh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get around the fact that it says no ranger roll. So I have this lieutenant. Okay, so me and my buddy are sitting – we're doing a change of command ceremony outside in the summertime, and it's hot as balls. And we're sitting at bleachers, which are metal, which attract heat, which makes it just worse. And all the lieutenant students are sitting behind the bleachers where it's shady like a herd of cattle, and they're just kind of corralling back there. And I was talking to my buddy, and I turned around to look around to see what the students are doing, and I see this guy with a ranger roll on his head. And because he's a student and a lieutenant, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go tell him anyway. So I go down there. I'm like, hey. I'm Sergeant Williams, and I'm in the uh, enlisted course, and I just want you to know that you can't have, you can't wear your hat like that. It's not allowed. And he's like, okay. And he takes it off his head, and he pops it, makes it regular, and puts it back on his head. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I walk away, and I get, I walk back up the bleachers, and I sit down, and I told my buddy what I did, and I turned around, and dumbass has a ranger roll back on his head. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, like that uh, start, um, that's. <laughs> Super Trooper's like, mother of God. Like, <laughs> like nuh uh. So I stand up, and as soon as I stand up, the uh, music comes on, which means the ceremony's starting, so everybody's coming in, so I can't, I can't go down there and punch him in the face. So I'm just like stewing for like the next hour, waiting through the ceremony, like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> and so I'm just like watching him, because like if he leaves, I'm going after him. So I'm just like watching the whole time. I'm stewing. Ceremony's over, official party leaves, I run down there, and I'm like, I, I don't remember what I said, but I'm going to go with, LT, what the fuck? Uh, and that's probably exactly that's what probably you said. probably exactly what I said, to be fair. And so um, he's like, what? I'm like, I, I told you you can't have the ranger roll on your head, and here you are with the ranger roll. And he's like, all right, whatever. And he just walks away. I'm like, Gah! and start flipping cars and exploding. No, so – I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, luckily I read his name tag, which, you know, always get their name when you want to tattletale on them. Um, <laughs> so I got his name, and I go back to my office, and I ask my uh, 
flight no yeah i asked my flight commander i was like hey do you have a phone number for the officer course and he's like yeah here it is and he gives me the number and he walks away and because he knows who he knows me he walks back <laughs> oh shit <laughs> and he's like and he's like almost immediately and he's like why <laughs> i'm like oh i don't want to like make it a thing with you i just want to like uh give him a call and i got a lieutenant problem he's like no, 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 it's okay. Tell me, and I'll fix it. I was like, okay, fine. So tell him what happened. He's like, okay, I got something for that. And my captain was awesome, and he was a prior special operations guy before he was an intel. Like, he's really awesome and cool. So he leaves, and, like, magically, like, five minutes later, the DO, who's the number two guy in the squadron, a major, comes in, and he's basically dragging this lieutenant by his ear into my office which is the best moment probably of my whole career up to this point. Like, yeah, all right, asshole, I got you. This is an example of leadership (laughs) upholding the standards. Yes, this is an example of leadership upholding the standards. Um, So uh, he walks in, and I'd never met him before the deal, and uh, he's like, is Sergeant Williams here? And I'm like, oh, that's me. (laughs) That's me. Uh, Order for one, (laughs) lieutenant. Yep, that's me. I ordered the lieutenant. (laughs) Uh, Fried and whipped. Um, So – uh, he comes in. He's like, "Hey, can I talk to you for a minute?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "You got an office or something?" I was like, "Yeah." And the cap, my captain's like, "Oh, you can use my office." <laughs> so we go in the back office. And we close the door, and uh, my buddy was with me, who was with me at the at the ceremony. And my buddy doesn't have any military bearing, so he can't stop laughing for this <laughs> entire situation. So I'm trying really hard not to look at him because he's got one of those faces that if you look at it, you're gonna laugh too. So the major's in there. He's like, "Hey." The LT wants to tell you something. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. Um, so the LT's like, oh, I just wanted to apologize and blah, blah, blah. NCOs are the backbone of the Air Force, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Like, He read it right off the he card. He read it right off the card. <laughs> How to apologize to NCOs for primary infractions. Uh, and so I'm trying not to laugh. My buddy's laughing his ass off. And uh, – <laughs> the major's like, uh, you got anything to say? I'm like, no, sir, I'm good. And, and we leave. He's like, uh, give me the, give me a minute. I got to talk to the LT alone. I'm like, all right. So we're in there. And, you know, if this was a child, you'd hear his ass screaming as he's getting his <laughs> ass beat in there. But can't do that in the military. So, so he comes out <laughs> a few minutes later, and he looks like the major just, like, shot his dog in front of him and, like, I want you to look at this. This is what you did, you know. He comes out all sad and, like, depressed, like he just punched him in the balls. And, like, he walks out. And I thought that was the end of it. And this is what happens, right? Karma's a bitch, right? So I thought that was it. Three years later, okay, I'm deployed. And uh, I'm sitting in my office watching Netflix probably because I wasn't doing any work on that deployment. And No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one of the guys from the Intel shop across the street comes and is introducing people to us. And I'm a face person, not a name person. And I turn around. And I'm looking at – and one of them is a lieutenant. I'm looking at this lieutenant, and I'm like three seconds in, I'm like, ranger roll. <laughs> and he's just like looks – oh, and looks down at <laughs> the floor like, man. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I – I'm like, how you doing, LT? He's like, I'm fine. I'm like, all right, cool. And I didn't see him again for like three months. And then I got moved across the street when this captain got fired for being bad at his job. And I took over for him. And that lieutenant ended up being my boss for the last 30 days of my deployment. And he turned out to be a cool guy. Uh, uh, that could have gone way bad. It could have gone really bad, yeah. <laughs> he turned out to be a cool guy. He was humble. He was like, yeah, you know, 
uh, I realized that was dumb. I, I don't know what happened. I was just in a bed. Yeah, I was like, all right, cool. So I proceeded to Lesson tell the learned. story of how I met this lieutenant to every boss that I had. I was like, hey, I actually met this lieutenant before. Let me tell you a story. And so the good thing was is all the captains I introduced him to were like, man, that was stupid. You shouldn't have done that. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's what I tried to tell him. Yeah, you don't mess with you don't mess with NCOs. That's that's how you get beat up. You should have uh, got that's a hat that beat up. was Ranger Rolls for going away. Like so, a so down Ranger Rolls. <laughs> Gold plated and everything. Oh, uh, I I know this major that you speak of that handled this situation. Mm-hmm. I wish I was there to see him in action. He man. is my hero, and every he, time I get a new person, I'm like, let me tell you how I met him. Yeah, he's, he's a, he works in our office now. He's an awesome dude. Man, he's great. He's a major now. No, no, he's, no, he's no. retired. Yeah, and he's he, he he's awesome. So, I don't know who it is. Uh, <laughs> tell me tell off the later. record. Yeah, 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 we'll tell you later. Uh, so the the thing about that, like, one of the things to take away from that is like upholding the standard should have never got up to that level. Yeah. Right. Like if. And it's basically been, I didn't want to do what this NCO told me to do. Yeah. Even though it was the right thing to do. And yeah, like it shouldn't been something that's kind of uh, like out of the blue or, you know, not really like, hey, this is the first time I'm running into this. Right. Because uh, obviously he's had his range role for forever. Like there should have been more people correcting him along the way. Right. There was a hundred sh- people in the audience. Like anybody could have been yeah. like, "Hey, or, like even before that, you know, whether it's one of his peers or one of the other NCOs or one of the the captains or whoever." Yeah. The fact that it, it went to you and then all the way up to the DO was just like it. It shows like sometimes how how foreign it is to make a simple fucking correction. And so that range role is why you can't have beards. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I have a short story about this dude. Uh, it's about a year ago, and it's Christmas time. This is my uh, hands of pockets story. So <laughs> hands of pockets and a ranger roll like trigger me. Yeah. Like I'm just like I'm gonna follow you, and I'm gonna. You better take your fucking hands out of your pocket. Just so everybody uh, knows, in the military, well, at least in the Air Force, I'm pretty sure the Army and the Navy are the same way, and the Marine Corps, that. When you're in uniform, you cannot have your hands in your right. pocket unless you're unprofessional uh, appearance. Exactly, it makes you it, unless you're reaching for keys or uh, something in your pocket. Yes. you can't just like chill out with your hands in your pocket. <laughs> so, we have fleece jackets that we wear when it's cold outside that actually keep you nice and snug. And uh, lots of people like to just chill with their hands in their pockets, which drives me crazy. And so. This guy, and I normally, you know, it's dark in the morning and it's cold, and I can't see what the rank is, but I'm polite the first time because I've been conditioned this way. Since leaving the honor guard where you're not polite, I had to be polite because it's intel and people have feelings. So um, (laughs) I walk by, and I'm like, hey, man, you got to take your hands out of your pockets. And he's like, why? I'm like, (laughs) Like, what do you mean, why? Like, who the fuck are you, right? Um He's like, oh, well, it's in the reg. you got to take your hands out of your pocket. He said, no, actually, per the reg, uh, if I'm walking, it says I can't be standing with my hands in my pockets. It doesn't say anything about walking. I was like, um, I'm pretty sure it doesn't say that, but you know what? I will go check, and I'll get back to you. And, of course, I didn't get his name because I'm a moron. So I looked, and guess what? Three AFIs don't say that. They say walking or standing in your hands in your pocket. Uh, so I was like, yeah, but then I couldn't go find the guy because I didn't find him. Luckily – this dude was a student, so he was walking by the same place at the same time every single day. So I ran into him again, uh, and I, I'm i like, I'm ready for him this time. Yeah. And I had the AFI in my pocket. I'm like, bam. So uh, 
So I'm walking by. It's dark again. I'm like, hey, man, take your hands out of your pockets. He's like, uh, per what rig? I was like, uh, the uniform rig, uh, the one that requires you, you know, to wear your uniform properly. He's like, that's not what it says. It says this. I was like, actually, no, it says this. Uh, no walking or standing with your hands in your pockets. Uh, and I'm like, bam. Um, so he's like, and I was like, and there's a whole other AFI. 1-1, which is like the basic one with all the shortcuts in it. He's like, hey, can't do it there either. He's like, well, I've never heard of that. He's like, okay, well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, doesn't mean. Okay, take your hands out of your pockets. The fun thing about that is he had a senior master sergeant uh, and a staff sergeant next to him. This was, He was a staff sergeant. or Yeah, he was a staff sergeant. He had a senior master sergeant with him. They're like in a little posse. He's one of those other people not doing their job either thing. And I'm looking at the senior master, and I'm like, you should have fixed this. You should have fixed this, bro. Like, and he was just sitting there being quiet. Like, yeah. normally you have some belligerent asshole that'll be like, "Actually, I'm a senior master sergeant, and I don't think he has to take his hands out of his pockets." To which I would have punched that guy in his face. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's what I think of you. No. So, uh, of course, I didn't get his name again because I was in a hurry and I get excited when I'm right and I wanted to like, brah. <laughs> um, so, and he's like, well, I'm not going to take my hands out of my pocket until I find this AFI that you speak of. I'm like, okay. Ta-da, out of my pocket. He's <laughs> like, that's not how that works, but all right. Um, so, I go and I go talk to the shirt, the first sergeant, who's uh, supposed to be keeper of the standards in the squadron and corrector of the morons. So, I go in the... Somebody said he's uh, the first sergeant. like the HR department of, yeah. <laughs> of the squadron. So I go into... It's the, three, it's the next door neighbor's squadron. So I go in there and I'm like, hey. And I'm like, okay. So there's no way I can find a random staff sergeant. But I know there's probably only like three senior mass sergeants. So I'm like, hey, uh, have you seen... Do you have senior mass sergeants in your course? He's like, yeah. There was one in here today complaining about the dorms. I was like, did he have this... This guy with him and this guy with him. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that guy. I need you. I need you to find those three guys. This is what happened. Uh, and he's like, cool. I will take those three guys and I will inform them th- of the proper way to wear your uniform and the proper way to uphold standards in the United States Air Force. I'm like, Ugh. so uh, I told that story to my class and they got you know mad at me for being all like braggy about you don't mess with Sergeant Williams is what I told them. That was the <laughs> point of that story, but. So that's my hands in my pocket story. Um, it's just, and I guess the big takeaway for uniforms is it's like such easy things mm-hmm. that people refuse to do. It's really not that hard. Yeah. And, you know, it's the minimum thing we ask you in the Air Force to do is uh, you can be in the Air Force. You just have to follow the rules. And this is one of those rules. And it's, you might think it's stupid, but it's it doesn't matter. It's a rule. Like you can't argue with the fact that like hands in your pockets – is not allowed the same way walking around outside without your hat on is not allowed. So therefore you can't say this one is important. And this one, I choose to listen to this one, but not to this one. Cause this one's stupid. It's like, well, yeah. they're all equal. They're all equally don't do this. So there's no reason to, you know, another one that makes me mad. I'm just going to go on a tangent now when people don't wear hats, when they're pumping gas, <laughs> it's not a hardened cover. Like put your hat on. Yeah. you ha- It's sitting right beside you in your car. Just put it on your head and pump gas. And then sit back inside your car and take your hat off. I had, uh, when I was at Shaw, I had a senior master sergeant, first sergeant, pumping gas, ranger roll, hands in his pockets. And I'm like, it's the perfect story. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, you, you are a first sergeant, bro. Like, you are the, the guy that's supposed to fix this. So I walked over to him because I have to because I have this compulsion. I'm like, hey, sir, I'm Sergeant Williams from over here. And 
I just want to let you know you can't you can't have a ranger roll in your head. You hat. can't just do anything that you you're doing. You can't just right? do all of the things. He's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, actually, I mean, no, you can't you can't have that because it's not allowed. He's like, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, I'm not getting through to you. I'm not getting through to you, so I'm just going to over here, I guess. Uh, fuck me, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. It's a pain, man. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the it's other issues is real. just people fucking have – egos that yeah. they get bruised way too yeah. easily like any small correction like even if they're doing something that they, they're not purposely doing like they they didn't know maybe they have their name tags mm. on backwards mm-hmm. and you go and tell them and correct them like a good percentage of the people are going to get pissed off that you yeah. corrected them even though you're helping them out i just did that to the commander today i was like uh i was like hey can i fix your flight because his flag was a little crooked I was like, yeah. he's like yeah and then he turned around and walked away, and I was like, "Hey, sir, your rank is crooked too." <laughs> like, did you get fucking dressed in the dark? No, um, his rank is crooked too. So he fixed it, and he was very like, yeah. "Oh, okay, sorry." Like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not like yeah. some people are cool purpose. about it, but the majority are. Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I already, I already caught you. Like, you don't have to be a dick about. It. I'm still gonna like, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna remember them and tell a story about you later. So <laughs> you might as well fix it. So. Moral of the story: Don't get dressed in the dark. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I did that again with uh, my first foray into the fighter pilot community, which for those of you that don't know, fighter pilots rule the air force, uh, and they could pretty much do whatever they want without any rules. So uh, notorious for being cocky, notorious and for being big cocky egos. assholes. Yes. And so I'm walking down the hallway in my first Intel squadron, which is a flying unit, and I got one of my airmen by me, who's very impressionable. And at the time, one of my pet peeves was doing dip in uniform, which we have a whole AFI for why you can't do dip in uniform. But uh, pilots do dip everywhere they are. And it's like golf ball size dip because why not, right? So we're walking down the hallway, and the DO is a lieutenant colonel. He's got this golf ball of dip in his mouth. And I'm like, man. So because the airman was with me, I went – I basically – I saw the DO – I was talking to the airman, so I went to where I was going. Then I went back to the DO's office and was like, hey, sir, uh, I don't know if you know this, but have a whole AFI for – what? We have a whole AFI for take a uh, picture. why you shouldn't be doing dip, chewing tobacco in uniform in the building at your desk or walking down the hallway. Dip kind, bottle, kind of nodding at the like airman, like bottle. No, no, I didn't even have him with me. I didn't take him with me because I didn't want him to participate. The uh, <laughs> so the do was nice about it. He, you know, very politely told me, "Thank you for your time, Sergeant Williams," and uh, you know, politely go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> right? I'm like I heard that in my head. I don't know if he said it out loud, but I heard that. Like, thanks, bro. Have a nice day. Uh, so I'm that guy. Uh, I was explaining this to this lieutenant about. Uh, wearing the wrong color socks in the flying unit. He's an intel lieutenant, but we were in the flying unit. And he's like, you'd really correct somebody on the color of their socks? I was like, yeah, there's rules, man. You got to like, these are the colors you're allowed to wear because you're wearing the uniform. And he's like, well, that's stupid. I would never do that. I was like, okay, cool. So this same lieutenant uh, worked with one of our coworkers and uh, was a pilot washout. So we get a lot of pilot washouts in intel who either like were colorblind or have no depth perception or something like that. And he was mad. He didn't want to let the dream die. Okay. So we're at an F-16 unit and 
he decides he's going to fly anyway. So F-16s are single seat, but we have a two-seater for training purposes. So this guy thought, I'll just get one of my buddies to hook me up and fly me around all the time. So this man was an Intel guy flying around as much as all the pilots, which is pretty much all they do every day because they're pilots, right? So he's getting hours and hours and hours, starts wearing a flight suit, starts wearing his little leather bomber jacket, starts wearing his uh, call sign on his name tag, like doesn't do any Intel work whatsoever. So my buddy <coughs> has to do all the work and take care of himself and take care of his airmen. Uh, pilots don't do any paperwork because they're pilots, so all the Intel guys have to do it. Um, so he's doing all this work and like drowning over here while this asshole lieutenant is uh, flying all the time. So I try to talk to the students about that. Like, don't do that, okay? Don't be that guy where you're like, I'm over here chasing the dream, and fuck you guys. I know that you're my job and stuff, but you're leaving you your know, people hanging. You're man. leaving your people hanging. Like, so he had a really hard time. My friend did um, picking up the slack, and it just like it kind of scarred him. So, <clears throat> so that's not good, and it screwed him over because, you know, pilots. So yeah, and and if, like that's your first duty station, so your first assignment. And you have that kind of experience, like it could turn you into Sergeant Williams mm-hmm. <laughs> early on. <laughs> like, well, no, but I mean, it could yeah. really he's, give you a bad impression. He's not as bad as I am, but yeah. he's getting there. No, so. but it could really give you like a bad impression on what the what you expect out of the rest of the Air yeah. Force, which is not good, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that one, don't be that guy, right? And I have another one. Uh, I had this boss when I was deployed that um, her first, so I was working day shift and she was working night shift. About a month in, she got moved to day shift because she got in trouble. And she was there for a 365. So we're normally, I'm there for six months. She's there for a year. And she got fired from being her night job for missing meetings. And like when you're the boss, it's like your whole job to go to meetings and stupid meetings over and over again so she just didn't go to meetings and she disappeared from her desk and her airman had to go to the meeting and her airman had no idea where she was because it's not the airman's job to keep track of the mess sergeant. and so her first feedback with me was complaining to me her subordinate about how she can't be expected to be at her desk all the time so we are intel we have to have the computer for our job so you can be expected to be at your desk all the time because <laughs> you literally can't do your job without the computer. So yeah. uh, I'm just sitting here like, I don't know what to fucking tell you, lady. Like, this is our job. Oh. You said like 12 hours a day at, at this deployed location, you got to be in front of your computer. Like, what else can you do? You're fucking deployed. What else can you do? <laughs> yeah. It's not you like you got no like parties to go to. Um, so it got to the point where um, she didn't get the point, right? So first of all, um, Massive sergeants, senior NCOs, people who've been in longer than five minutes don't make those kind of mistakes unless they've gone their whole career without anybody correcting them. And this is one of the reasons why I correct people so much is because just like children and dogs, if you do not correct behavior, they will not fix their behavior. And you will have a a dog who bites people or an asshole child who won't behave. Why are you pointing at my kid? Man? <laughs> <laughs> uh so, um, I blame all of her previous supervisors, but you know, so she didn't get the the message. So she 
got permission to go off base for a 24-hour pass, uh, which we're not supposed to stay off base because bad shit can happen if you stay off base. So she got permission, and she decided to stay off base for two days instead of one day, which was not what the agreement was. And so she got in trouble for that because basically you're AWOL. If you don't have permission to leave and you leave anyway, that's kind of the definition of AWOL. So she got in trouble for that. For some reason, she stayed in charge. So she they just waited around. She was going to do another stupid shit. And surprise, she did. So she unfortunately had to have uh, gallbladder surgery because uh, there are some types of birth control poison your body. And Yaz was responsible for, like, killing lots of people's gallbladders and they had to have their gallbladder removed. And my sister and my sister-in-law had the same thing and so she had to have a gallbladder removed while she was deployed and then she went on like recovery for like a month and then was on light duty for a little while after that so our boss uh she would tell our boss like i'm going to go to the doctor because i need you know i'm in pain i need more medicine and then she would go home and sleep and not go to the doctor so because she had kept making mistakes our boss checked on her and uh checked to see what if she was going to the doctor or if she was just going home and found out she was going home and lying to his face so then she he asked her when she came in the work the next morning like where'd she go and she said she went to the doctor and he knew for a fact she went home and went to sleep so then they finally fired her and while we're sitting there deliberating because now i'm the boss um I'm advising him, like, hey, you need to send her home because uh, master sergeants need a firm disciplinary hand on the face uh, if they're doing dumb shit like that. He's like, well, you know, if we send her home, that sends, like, a message, and I don't want her to get in my... That's exactly what you should be doing. I was like, yes, but when an airman does that, you kick the shit out of the airman so they never want to do that again. When a master sergeant does that, you fire them. You need to fire them right away and send them back home. Like, if you don't know by now... You're not going to know, and we can't do nothing with you. Like, That's probably because the same shit has been happening yeah. up until she became a master sergeant where yeah. she'll fuck up. And, we, and, everybody and somebody was like, was like uh, uh, just you know, let it slide this time. Just let it slide. And you every know? single time. And you get away with it. It's the same thing with children. Like if you let if you let children get away with that behavior, you know, my wife and I always make fun of those people because they're like, we're doing nothing and getting nowhere. It's like, well, sh- if you did, I mean, because they'll complain on the Internet like, Hey, my kid's an asshole. What do I do? I was like, I don't know. Have you tried like punishing him? Like <laughs> they live in your house, right? Like, have I you don't said know. something? <laughs> have you done anything to give a shit? Like, like this is the same thing. We have supervisors complaining. Oh, airmen these days don't respect anybody. <clears throat> it's like if you want them to behave and do what you tell them, you make them behave and you do what they tell them. Yeah. Like you can't just be like, oh, it's nothing I can do, man. It's the military these days. I'm like, no, yeah. it is. And then some people take that shit as, like, you got to get intense and yell at people and, you know, embarrass them or do something, like, yeah. off the wall when, in yeah. reality, man, all it you takes is little that. checks. Like, hey, you didn't do that right. Hey, Fix it. get your fucking okay. hands out of your pockets. Yeah, don't like, sit on the desk and don't have a ranger roll in your hand. Yeah. Like, like, hey, you were late today. Don't make it a habit. Okay. You know, simple shit like that. Just yeah. let it be known that you, you're noticing this shit and it needs to be fixed. Yeah. And it won't become a huge problem. The problem is none of those little checks are there. None right. of those little corrections are you there. You missed the opportunity 
way yeah, back here. And then it turns into this big, huge problem. And when you finally correct it, they're like, what the fuck? So like, where are you coming at me from this, man? Yeah. I thought you were my friend. I will tell you one of the reasons that – and I'm not as disgruntled as you, but I'm disgruntled about certain things. Um, when we were stationed in at Lackland, I supervised this person who was just a shit show and literally made my hair turn gray. Well, I was giving her an LOC for lying to me about appointments, like saying she was going to appointments, had all the way up to the commander sign this thing so she'd go to special PT because she was pregnant, which was fine. Like, let's do it, you know? And I got an LOR for giving her an LOC because I I made her sit in there and, like, accept the LOC, and I got an LOR for holding her against her will. <laughs> and I was like, that's my job. Like, that's what I do as a supervisor. And I got marked down on my EPR that year. On, like, the old EPR system, I got a four. I got an LOR from the commander for, like, being a supervisor. And I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. So I let her do whatever she wanted forever. And everyone's like, Holly, like, hold her to the standards. And I'm like, get fucked. Like, you're not giving me paperwork and ruining my yeah. career because I'm trying to uphold the standards. Like, if – I told you every day I was going to an appointment and I came to work at 9 o'clock and then you found out I had just been sleeping in every day, like, I would be fired. I would lose rank. But I say something to her about it and I get in trouble. So now I'm just like, eh. We had, we had this girl uh, while I was deployed that before they changed the rules and allowed you to have full sleeves, she had full sleeves. Uh, full sleeve tattoos were banned up until like three or four years ago. And – uh, so the rule was if you had full sleeve tattoos, you just had to keep your sleeves rolled down and you couldn't walk around with your blouse off because you're not supposed to have those. So it's, it's hot summertime. That was like an unwritten rule yeah. because you just weren't supposed to have them. Yeah, you just weren't <laughs> supposed to have them. So if you did have them, you're supposed to keep that shit to yourself and not advertise <laughs> it. So because technically the commander can make you get rid of them, but – I can't. So, like, you should just – whatever. So, she's walking around. She's got her blouse off. She's walking around without her top on. And uh, I'm like, hey, you got to you gotta put your jacket on because you're not supposed to have full sleeves. And she's a senior airman. And she's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I was like, have you ever heard that rule before? Did you know you're not allowed to have sleeves? Um, she's like, yeah, but my supervisor said if people want to be a dick about it, then they'll then just do what they say. I was like, no, it's not being a dick about it. It's a rule. Like – Enforcing the rules is not be me being a dick. I'm just telling you, like, you cannot have this thing that you have and you're supposed to wear your jacket. Uh, funny other story. Let me tell you another fun story. Same person. Um, so uh, I'm not going to say your name because I know Brittany will get mad at me. But um, <laughs> so it, this girl, so we I live. Double dog dare you. So we live. So our deployment Living facilities are a mile and a half from our office, okay? And normally we take the bus, and the bus goes around the whole base, picks everybody up, and then it takes like half an hour to get to work because you got to pick up everybody. And so you have to get on the bus about 20 minutes before you're supposed to be at work. So we're supposed to be at work at 6. Um, if we had PT, then you would come in at 8 and um, be good to go. So she had PT. 8 o'clock rolls around. She's not on the 8 o'clock bus. She's on the 8.30 bus. Okay. Normally when you're late, like, you should tell somebody ahead of time or something like that. She comes in at 8.30, walks right past my desk, just sits at her desk and starts working. And I'm like, 
hey, where you been? It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I missed the bus. Like, okay, and then what? Like, you got to, it's, that's, because it was like the third time I'd had to talk to her. So I decided, like, the next time she does this, I'm going to give her paperwork. Um, so she's like, well, here's what happened. So I woke up and went to the gym. And what I heard her say was I woke up and went to the gym. But what I was thinking about was, like, she woke up late, went to the gym late, forgot half her shit. So she got to the gym, which is on the – she went to the nice gym instead of the shitty gym, and uh, which is across base, but it's only, like, you know, half a mile away. And she forgot her shirt. So when she was taking a shower and getting dressed, she had to go buy a shirt from the BX, which is right next to the gym. And uh, then she tried to call. But since she's a moron, she didn't know the number, so she called somebody's number and couldn't get a hold of us. So she gave up on that effort um, and then rode her bike back from the gym to her dorm. And then okay, – Why did she go buy a shirt if she was going waited, back to her dorm? Waited for, the, waited for the bus. It gets better, Holly. Okay. Can I tell the story? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, um, <coughs> so remember the bike thing because I – it took me a minute to remember there was a bike involved, okay? So she's – and then she sat there because she missed the bus, so she waited for half an hour for the next bus. Instead of riding her bike. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I start writing her paperwork for being late because I told her not to be late. This is like the third time. She missed a couple meetings, like – so I've had to verbally counsel her before, so this is like, okay, I'm going to write your paperwork. So write her paperwork, and as I'm writing the paperwork and fill in, like, the details, I'm like, hold up. You said you rode your bike to the gym, right? Yeah. Why didn't you fucking ride your bike to work? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, did did you know that, like, that you could just, like, ride your bike? Because it has wheels, <laughs> and you already rode your bike that day, and it's just a little bit further to work. So when you missed work, you sat there for half an hour instead of, I don't know, progressing in the general direction of work, where you probably could have walked there in half an hour. It's only a mile and a half, so. It's like, oh, I didn't think about that. I'm like, Sweet. So that's cool. Um, so I wrote her paperwork basically saying, you were late. I told you not to be late. Don't be late again. Whatever. So in the Air Force, they give you an opportunity to write a rebuttal, which is an argument to why either A, why you don't deserve paperwork, or B, this is my side of the story. Therefore, if anybody gives a shit later to research it, you could see, like, the whole story. So I, she had never gotten paperwork before, which blew my mind because she was stupid. So <laughs> I just assumed she got lots of paperwork. And so – um, I told her, like, have you ever written a bit rebuttal before? She said no. I said, okay, the rebuttal is to a, like I just said, you know, present your side of the story or whatever. So she proceeds to write an essay that's arguing how it's not fair, how some people get to leave two hours early and she has to come in two hours late when they go to PT. It's not fair when it's literally the exact same amount of time. Yeah. Um, it's not fair because, you know, whatever reasons she gave were stupid and I don't remember, <laughs> but she doesn't know how time works. She said they have more time. If, like, because I, I left at four because our last m meeting was at three, so I would leave at four and go home and PT, and she would come in at eight, which is still 14 hours later. So, um, right? So. And I'm like, so I get this rebuttal, and I'm like, hey, did you know that, like, the chief is going to read this? Like, you're going to tell the chief that it's stupid that we get extra time to PT, and she's, you know what she's going to do? She's going to take away your time. She's going to be like, fine, you don't want to fucking go to PT early? We're just not going to have PT. 
And then you got to squeeze PT into the 12 hours where you're supposed to be, you know, eating and sleeping and whatever else you got to do. Um, you're stupid. And you're fired. <laughs> um, no, I can't do that. But she volunteered for a 365, got there, and instantly, like, sucked at life. And it was just very disappointing. Like, you're senior, man. You should be, like, I don't know, doing shit. Yeah. The, that stuff, it, it blows my mind because the bare minimum is not – difficult to meet so when i first i'm gonna have to give like some backstory on this story Mm -hmm. but when i first got to this unit where i'm at when you so we have these badges for work and when you're new like your badge is yellow and then when you've been there for a while your badge is white so you can like access different things you're like a big kid right well i had my staff badge which is white and says like hey i work here i'm not like one of these grubby students and um walking down the hallway to my classroom. I don't even know how to do my job. I'm still trying to learn, like, watch what they're teaching so that I can teach it. And this large and in charge master sergeant comes running down the hallway, and she's like, ma'am, ma'am. And I'm, like, going to mom mode, right? Like, oh, no, what's happening? Is somebody hurt? And she's like, I just need you to come into my classroom and talk to someone. And I'm thinking, you outrank me by two ranks. Why would I go in and talk to anyone for you? Like, you're a master sergeant, I'm a staff sergeant. And she's like, well, there's this female in my class, and she has her blouse off, but she's wearing a neon green bra, and it says pink across the front, so it's, like, drawing attention to her gigantic boobs. And you can see it through her shirt, like, the word pink from Victoria's Secrets or whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, just tell her to put her blouse on. And she's like, I did, and she told me there's no rules on bras. And I'm like, you're a master sergeant. Like, just tell her. (laughs) And so she's like, do it anyway. I said so. Can you do it? And I'm like, sure. So I don't even know whose classroom this is, right? So I'm just like still new trying to figure out what the hell to do with my hands. And I go in the classroom and bam, right there, as soon as you walk in, it's like, whoa, titties. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my. Damn, girl. I'm like, okay, like, can I talk to you in the hallway? Because I'm trying to be like professional and I don't really know like the rules on how you can talk to students yet. And she's like, there is no rule on my shirt or like on bras. And I was like, you know what there is a rule on? looking professional and you look like you're about to go to your side job like put your blouse on (laughs) and she's like well I don't think I have to put my blouse on and I was like you know what the cool thing about the military is you don't get a choice because I outrank you so put your shirt on and so she goes and tells her instructor which who at the time is somebody who had just been there a few months longer than me and it was a dude and he's like I mean I don't even want to know about your bra so just wear your shirt and it got all the way up to Senior Peel when he was the shirt. And he's like, I mean, why would you wear a see-through sand t-shirt with a neon green bra that says words across it? And it, like, went back and forth. And finally he was like, you're not allowed to take your blouse off in class anymore unless your instructor permits it. And it's like, why does it have to get this far? Like, yeah. number one, why is a master sergeant tracking down a staff sergeant to do yeah. the work? And, it, and the same thing, like, there was never paperwork drawn on this student. And – I'm thinking if I was your class leader and you told me, like, no, I know the regs better than you and you've clearly been in for, like, at least 10 years, I would have been in trouble for smacking a student. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that student just wanted attention. Like, yeah. plain as day. Yeah. I mean, the new students are young ones. It's it's hard. They're still in that transition from high civilian and high school to military life and, like, Our their standards. basically high school, so. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's it's like college freshman year that's fair that's that's a crazy time in people's lives <laughs> <laughs> i'll say that <laughs> so i got two things i want to talk about and then if you're if it's been too long we could stop or if we can keep talking or whatever but so i want to talk to you about 
some of the paperwork I've received. So I've received lots of paperwork in the honor guard. You don't and, say. And, and <laughs> this is to such be a shock, fair, man. Okay. So, you know, in the honor guard, there were guys that got paperwork like weekly. Right, so on. I got it paperwork like. Paperwork to civilians is like a write up at yeah. your job. So it's a letter of counseling or a letter of reprimand. And we're talking about one that one of each. Um, only because they're like ridiculous stories. So I thought I would share them. But they're also the <laughs> the unfortunate thing. The more you get, the less you give a shit about getting <laughs> paperwork. But I thought I was doing okay because I only got like one a year um, compared to some of the shit bags that were getting them like weekly. And anyway. I just picture that scene in Demolition Man where <laughs> someone's just alone cussing into that machine. Yeah. And he's just getting the papers to, to wipe his <laughs> ass. And they're like, yep, now we're good. I just watched that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I love that movie, man. <laughs> so uh, the first one I already told you it was earlier when I disrespected that other NCO. Uh, I got my first – that was my first piece of paperwork. And <coughs> a lesson in leadership. Uh, so this second piece of paperwork was a letter of counseling uh, instead of a letter of reprimand, which was for – uh, I think it was the same disrespecting an NCO, but it was not an NCO. <laughs> it was a positional authority, the armorer. So the armorer is the guy babysitting the guns while they're in the gun safe. Uh, all the honor guard guns are demilitarized, so they don't shoot, so they're not dangerous. So it's not like a cop armorer guarding <laughs> actual weapons. These are dummy <laughs> rifles. I just want to point but out, like, I love how you gave his official title, Armor, which sounds cool as fuck, yeah. right? And then you just <laughs> like, completely demean no. him by, like, babysitting, so, fake guns. Second of all, they sit in there and they just play – they were playing N64 all day in there, um, which I know you like N64. Yeah. But um, third of all, this particular airman uh, was awaiting uh, separation due to the fact that he got caught possessing child pornography. Jeez. So he had lost – two stripes uh, in the past six months <coughs> and was in here as a punishment. So that's how I'm going into this conversation. So uh, I pull up in the van. So I borrowed a van to go on the ceremony. And this is the first time I've checked out a rifle in like two years because I was, I talked about it last week. So like I was at a point in my honor guard career where I didn't have to do that lowly gun carrier shit anymore. I was doing cool presidential shit. Yeah. So, um, I turned in my rifle the wrong way and then corrected myself. So you're supposed to point the barrel over your own shoulder and present the butt of the rifle to the armor so they can grab it so you don't accidentally shoot them in the face. Instead, you'll get shot in the face. Yeah, instead you <laughs> shoot yourself in the face. So I presented it over his shoulder, and then I corrected myself before he said anything and fixed it and gave it to him. And he was like, you got to pay attention. I'm like, okay. And then I walked away, forgetting that I had to retrieve my weapons card with my name on it that was like what we traded so I can get a weapon. And I get the 50 feet away to the dr the curb and start getting in my car. And he's like, uh, hey, I wasn't done talking to you. And, f and I was a senior airman. This is an airman. And again, he's been publicly shamed and is separating. I was like, well, I'm done listening. And I got in my <laughs> car and I drove away. Uh, to go get gas, uh, not realizing or I guess forgetting the fact that I have to turn my car back into that same guy after I'm done getting gas. So <laughs> so I go get gas, and I come back, and I take my car keys up to there, and his senior airman supervisor, who's the same rank as me, uh, decides to tell me that he wrote a, a letter of counseling for me while I was gone because I was treating his guy like crap. And 
the fun part about this is my supervisor, who is an actual NCO, like knew more about loopholes than I did. I was like, well, you like you wrote NCOIC of the armory on here and you can't do that because you're not an NCO. So this whole LLC is like worthless. It's yeah. moot. You can't give paperwork unless you're an NCO either. So yeah. that's stupid. So, you know, that. <laughs> so that and then the second one, I got my second letter of reprimand for wrestling on the back of the bus. So every single Friday, every single Friday for f- five and a half years in the honor guard, we wrestled in the back of the bus. We had this giant coach bus with big Air Force paint and everything on the side of it. And because our job is depressing, because we bury people for a living, um, we cut loose every Friday by just fighting each other. Cause Fight it's a, club. It's a bunch of dudes, <laughs> and all of them over six foot, and it's just like a bunch of just testosterone on the bus. So because we hadn't – because I hadn't participated in one in a while. I was trying to teach the new guys this is a thing we do. We fight in the back of the bus. Because the colors guys are tall, right? I told you last week. The body bears are big, and the firing party are little baby guys. They're leftovers. So um, we picked a fight with the body bears because, you know, you can't pick a fight with the firing party guys because they're, they're little. So um, we grabbed a new body bearer's hat, and we threw it in the back of the bus, which is where the colors guys sit, which no is allowed to go back there unless – we say so. And uh, <laughs> there's six of us back there. And so we're just inviting this guy, bring it on, let's go. And so he, of course, being either too stubborn or too dumb, just ran his ass back there. And so we jumped him. And this is all in good fun. We're not beating each other up. We're just wrestling, you know, basically f- blood cancels the, the game and we can't play anymore if anybody starts bleeding. Like, we're not trying to hurt each other. We're just mm-hmm. fucking around. So... Uh, wrestle on the back of the bus. Uh, apparently, the bus driver told us to stop, which the bus driver is an airman in the Air Force because we're driving Air Force buses. Was and, it that guy that came back? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, a coach bus is like 100 feet long. So we're sitting on the engine in the back of the bus, and she's this tiny little girl yelling at us through her rearview mirror in the back in the front of the bus <coughs> to tell us to stop. And so we finally heard them tell us, so we stopped for like 10 minutes, and then we started again. And then, we like kids. Yeah, we were, yeah. And, you know, we were all 18, 19, 20, you know, basically kids. Yeah, still and, kids. And um, this is D.C. traffic, okay? Anybody ever been in D.C. traffic knows you ain't going nowhere, okay? You're in a parking lot. So basically this happened. We started and stopped three or four times. <coughs> the NCOs in the, in the front of the bus were laughing or threatening to join us the whole time we were there. <laughs> So the, the airman calls our boss at home and says she had to stop in the middle of traffic to make us stop wrestling on her bus, which is bullshit because we were stopped anyway <laughs> because it's D.C. traffic. Um, so our captain, the same captain that was with Chief McKinley that I talked about, gets on the bus and yells at us for being disrespectful because, you know, whatever. So we get back to the squadron and um, um, – we get in trouble. We get told to like all, f- all of you guys go up to the commander's office or the, yeah, the commander's office upstairs. So we get back at the same time the body bears and fire party bus gets back, and our lieutenant, who is a female, and it's important because there are no female lieutenants in the honor guard because there are like five females in the first place. So, um, she is on the body bearer bus and she is wrestling with them. 
and they take trophies. So they take a collar or your pocket on your big white shirt, your white dress shirt, as trophies for victory in battle. Okay, So half of the body bears come off the bus missing chunks out of their shirts. <laughs> okay, And everybody just pretends that didn't happen while they yell at us airmen for the same shit. And this lieutenant gets off the bus basically half naked because her shirt has holes in it for being torn apart by these ravaging <laughs> ravaging guys and um so um so we get upstairs and i take the bullet i tell them the other guys didn't have anything to do with it and i is my idea and i started the fight and all this other stuff and so um i get an lor for fighting on the back of the bus and my shirt bless his heart was like hey you need to write a rebuttal i'm like why i did it like i i don't need a rebuttal because I have nothing to – what am I going to say? Yeah, I did it. Yeah. No, like, yeah. Your rebuttal is only if you disagree with the paperwork. Like, I did it. You caught me. Surprise. Like, here you go. Uh, and he, like, flipped out. He's like, no, no, you have to write a rebuttal. I was like, no, I don't because if anybody reads this, it's going to be like, yeah, I did that. I fought <laughs> on the back of the bus. <laughs> the important part is the double standard between our punishment and her non-punishment. Yeah. Right, as a lieutenant, she should have been, like, in control of some shit and not let dudes rip pieces of her clothes off. Uh, on duty, and so <laughs> there's that, that. That seems odd that she would even get in a fight like that. Yeah. With well, she uh, she tried really hard to be extra friendly with some of the gentlemen in the honor guard uh, several different times, including showing them her back tattoos, which involved her taking her shirt off and showing them her back tattoos because she thought they were cool. So that. Did she so there's that. Those are the stupid people of the Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah. So that's part of the reason. So the Air Force has let me down a lot. And unfortunately, you know, I choose to stay in because it is a good job and I do like what I'm doing, but I don't like the other stuff. And it yeah. is a good job for my family. As we mentioned, I have a lot of children. But like two hands worth the Air Force, <laughs> two hands Ten. worth. Right? The Air Force is repeatedly. I I always say this: is the first time the Air Force broke my heart. Right? The the, the Air Force has repeatedly let me down when yeah. it could have gone the other way and made me happy. Like yeah. And I understand that I have uh, <coughs> unique experiences, and my experiences aren't the same for everybody, obviously. But yeah. I have more bad and good people and leaders that I've worked with to the point where. I don't trust anybody. And when people say, like, we talked about the minimum criteria is just caring, right? Like, oh, I care. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Um, you can see it right away. You can tell right away when somebody cares or right. they don't give a shit. Chief Wright said it. And this, again, blew my mind. Even I've been, you know, when I say something, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. But when the chief messenger in the Air Force says the same thing, it makes me feel better. I'm like, he was talking about it's suicide. Validation. And, um, all it takes is you taking five seconds and like, hey, how you doing? And he even called people out. He's like, hey, when you see a guy that looks all sad and depressed walking down the hallway and you're like, hey, man, how you doing? And they're like, I'm fine. And you're like, okay, bye. Like, that was your opportunity right there that you just passed it by. And I've been that guy and I've heard that conversation all the time. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I, which I'm fine means I don't want to fucking talk to you about it. Like, I don't know you. <coughs> so, but like even our our old flight commander, like, I saw him stop people in the hallway and, like, hey, man, how you doing? And talk to them and find out that they're suicidal 
and like take care of them uh, instead of just be like, okay, bye. You know? Yeah. Um, we can maybe talk more about that next time if you want. I yeah, have definitely, man. Because stuff. yeah, a lot more plays into that where it's not like uh, just a once in a while thing. It should be kind of like a day-to-day, you know, yeah. caring for your people, especially with, like, the coworkers that you have working side-by-side side with you every day. It's kind of like, hey, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? And just bullshitting, right? right. That that building that rapport, that showing that you that you give a shit about what's going on with them. Right. Maybe you're not digging into and following up. Yeah. Or, like, talking yeah. There are probably people listening to this who are going to disagree with what I'm about to say. But I think that, like, you show you care by sharing – your negative stories to make it better if that makes sense because yeah. Yeah. if people just keep doing the same things then there's gonna be more people like you who are just angry and <laughs> like yeah. are doing these things but when you're sharing like hey don't do this because you're going to make people angry about you're, you're making people stuff. angry about the air force you're making people you know you're pushing people chief Wright was talking about that like you are are just confirming for them what they already believe that nobody cares yeah. and therefore what yeah. else you know why should i care yeah no th- i mean i think you you're right on it like share your experiences good and bad like people got to see both sides and you mm-hmm. got to understand like the air force is not your career in the air force is not going to be one uh straight line of just perfect days all the time like it's it's going to be up and down big time like i've had a bunch of negative uh, experiences but I've had a lot of good ones too, man. And everyone, you know, sometimes I may come off as bitter, but I mean, the Air Force has given me the life that I have now and the job that I had. Like, I love being an instructor, man. Uh, like, I chose to come back me here with, with Holly. Like After already being a TI, yeah, getting your fill. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole different story. But yeah, like, we're here because we want to be here. And, yeah, we have our negative stories, but in the end, they kind of – they built our career. And for the most part, we say you're bitter, man, but you you teach a lot of people good things, um, even with stories on negative experiences. And you try you try to, uh, like, uh, make people better for the most part. Um, so you say That's you're bitter. That's my goal. You say you're bitter, but uh, – at the end of the day, man, you're you're making better NCOs and better officers for sure. That uh, definitely and, is and, my goal. And yes. I think everybody sees that. Uh, but you being so unfiltered, just it may not come across that way all the time, but mm-hmm. people can tell. You need tact. Yeah. That's what I was no, told. I that, that lieutenant that I was just talking about <laughs> told me, she told my wife, at my going away from the honor guard where I'd been for six whole years that she succeeded in teaching me tact. And I laughed at her because tact is a choice. It's not a thing you need to learn. It's a thing you need to do. Yeah. Um, and I choose not to when, <laughs> mo- when necessary, you know, if I, I was tactful when I talked to the commander today about fixing his uniform, but like if it's not required, I do not use it. It's the same yeah. thing as being polite. It's not something I have to learn. It's something I choose not to do. And <laughs> there are times where you should be polite and times where you don't have to be polite. And yeah. and I am when I need to be. So I have the ability to be tactful. I choose not to be tactful. It's all a choice. <coughs> that's right. Well, man, uh, it was another good session. It was awesome having you here. Um, had a bunch of laughs. Definitely learned 
quite a few things and I'm sure the people listening out there will will get some good use out of this and some good laughs as well uh definitely have you back um yeah we'll have you back again soon man and, <laughs> and we could definitely get on that on that uh caring about people uh topic I yeah, guess do that uh but thanks for coming on the show man you got anything you want to say thank before? you I hope I did a good job of explaining where I'm coming from um don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be one. that guy. Don't be it's, that guy. It's a, it's a different perspective of lessons of leadership here mm-hmm. today, but it, it was awesome. Peace out, Cubs go. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, hey, we're finally on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify Yay. as well, so if y'all listening, if y'all enjoyed the podcast, go over there, give us five stars, subscribe to the podcast, share it with all your homies, uh, pass it to your mom and <laughs> and, and your dad and brothers and Maybe sisters. Maybe not your mom Keep, and dad, because yeah, yeah, no filter. Yeah, uh, they might share be cool. Them. Yeah, <laughs> share, cool, share it with the world, share, with sh- share with everybody. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We will see y'all later. Peace out, Cubs Scout. <laughs> all right.